Happy Dad is available at a lot of your local bars and restaurants. You might even find it at some saloons. If you've enjoyed a Happy Dad, then you know it goes well with your burger, your wings, pizza, and steak. <laughs> People in California eat it with their sushi, too. Go to happydad.com find to find a bar or restaurant near you so you can watch the games with the boys while enjoying an ice-cold daddy drink. The ladies love it as well. If your bar doesn't carry Happy Dad, then ask them to call their distributor to stock up. You can't have a burger with that skinny can, can you? It's time to man up and drink Happy Dad. Tyson Bajan, welcome to the quarterback room. I'm saying it right. Tyson Bajan, right? Perfect. Yeah, you're one of the only people to say it right. So. All right. Someone told me how to say it before. So we were actually calling you uh, in preseason. We were just talking about this before, but we were calling you uh, Tyson uh, Beignet on the sidelines as you were <laughs> dicing up our defense. We were freaking... I remember the last preseason game. So we played Buffalo, played Chicago the last preseason game. And did you go in? You went out, went in after Justin that game, right? Yeah. 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 So that was like your time. You're like, all right, this is, I get the two reps here. Like I'm going in after this. And I just yeah. remembered. It was, uh, it was good. It was good. It was, it was exciting. I'm going to go in after him. Oh, sweet. And all I remember because I went in right after Josh that game, but I was telling you before I had, I was assuming Josh was going to play the whole first half. They go down and score. Now I'm playing from minute seven of the first quarter on to the rest of the game when I didn't really think I was going to. And then I'm like, all right, let's just like get a little touchdown, get a little nice lead. Let's get out of here. And then Tyson Beignet just comes and dices our defense. I'm like, Beignet, Beignet. That's funny. I've never, I've never got that one before. That's good. I'm like, who the fuck is this guy, man? Like, <laughs> relax, bro. Like, it freeze it. You're balling out. But um, I think what's so awesome about you, and I really want to just dive into this and, and just dissect your story because I think there's probably a lot that people know and there's probably a lot that people don't know about you, but I think your story is super relatable in the NFL today. And especially for me, I think, you know, just going from college to to pro, being a guy that's undrafted, being a guy that's, I mean, you're division two undrafted, which is unbelievable. Um, And then going into a locker room where, you know, you're kind of the third or fourth guy, you don't know what's going to happen to you. Um, you don't, you're probably not getting a lot of preseason time until the end. Um, I just think that your story is crazy. And I think it's relatable to a lot of guys in the league. And I think because you play quarterback, it gets expounded and because you've been playing, but there's tons of guys like us in the league, right? And so I want to start not really from the beginning, but right after college, right? So we have all your stats on here. We did like little pre-production you basically hold every record in football, in college football, right? You threw for 9 million touchdowns, 100,000 yards. It's unbelievable, right? So yeah, you're, unreal. it was unreal. Your college career is unbelievable. And they put it up every time you're playing. You played a couple of primetime games. I'm watching them. They put up your stats. The funniest is, is when they go, here's the school that he played in college, Colorado School of Mines. You could probably name him better than me, but that always sticks with me. And then it's like, Chicago Bears, Carolina Panthers. Like, yeah, I, yeah, I did. I did. Me and my dad. Me and my dad did like that. I thought that. I thought that was funny. It's just unbelievable. It's like it's like a guy playing eight man football in high school and then getting a scholarship to Alabama and going and playing out. You know, it's like <laughs> same type of vibe. You know, what I mean? it's like exactly. It's like holy shit. But so you have all those records in college, right? And then your time times up in college. You're going to the NFL and you deserve to have the confidence to to think you're going to make it in the NFL for sure. But I'm just wondering what is your mindset coming out of college with all those records, but knowing you're a division two guy and knowing you got a still a really uphill battle to climb. Yeah. I think that's, that's pretty much exactly how me and my pops uh, were, were talking about it. Like straight up uphill battle yeah, to the maximum of extent. Like, you know, if for this thing to work out, you have to, you know, so many things had to go right. And I had, you know, so much work had to go into it. Um, but I think I ha- I was able to have a good enough junior year, even at the division two level that, um, I gained some interest from some agents. So I was going basically through that my whole senior year of college, um, found, you know, got, got a guy like, um, you know, was able to get put in a good situation for pre-draft training, um, down in Florida, which I mean, yeah, that's kind of what people do nowadays. Mm-hmm. Um, so just knew that, 
you know, I was not only this is, you know, where I'm at, it's hard for power five. Like it's hard to do that, get that accomplished at like a power five level. So I knew it was just exacerbated since I was coming from D2 and, you know, just nobody really knew who I was. Um, so just knew that in my senior season, getting invited to the senior bowl was going to be huge uh, for me. Cause that, that was basically the one thing that a lot of people were, you know, saying that's why I didn't really have much draft stock is, you know, cause they were like talking about the level of play. So getting mm-hmm. to the senior bowl was huge. Once I got that invitation um, and I was situated down in Florida training, um, it was all just about, the, the physical aspect, obviously, because you're training for the combine, but also like understanding that, you know, quarterback is the hardest position, not because of the physical aspect. It's it's a 100 percent because of the mental aspect. And that's, in my opinion, and I feel like a lot of quarterbacks opinion um, is the separator between one quarterback and another is, you know, how much mental load can you can you take and process and and operate with? So. Just really focused on that. Got to go to the Senior Bowl. Had a had a successful and fun time at the Senior Bowl against a, you know a bunch of talented guys that everyone knew was going to go to the NFL and and have an effect in the NFL. So um, that was a lot of fun. That was a lot of fun. And then you know getting to the combine, you know putting up the numbers I wanted to, and also really a big thing for me was being able to stand next to the top guys and also look like a top guy because I know for that sure. was a, the, you know that was just another you know, question is like, is the arm talent there, you know, the level of play, you know, can, you know, can he process it, you know, all those things. So being able to answer those uh, questions that everybody had set out for me. I think the interesting part with the senior bowl and you talked about it, about the the film, you know, they're kind of dismissing your film or your, your style of, or the game in division two, essentially. Mm-hmm. I didn't go to the senior bowl or the combine. I'm kind of glad I didn't because I don't know if I would have been able to handle those interviews. Those interviews would have fucking sucked. I yeah. played three games my senior year and then I got benched. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, I'm over, I'm going to the league. But those interviews are tough. And I know a lot of people know about the interviews and they ask crazy questions. But when they're watching your film and the interviews, and even if they did, or just talking to you about your game, how did NFL scouts and coaches talk to you about that did they just like dismiss it did a lot of them say like oh this isn't going to transfer in the nfl like you're going to see different defenses what were they saying about it yeah it was a lot of emphasis on the fact that it was going to be way much of a taller task um at the next level but i I wouldn't say nobody dismissed me at least they didn't to my face me and a lot of the people that i love we we weren't like sugarcoating anything we had a good understanding for you know what people would think um just because it is a crazy it is a pretty wild story um but really just those meetings, a lot of it just going through it, you know, going through conceptually what's going on, you know, in the game. What do you know um, that that can maybe that maybe translate to what we teach? And um, is this going to be a foreign language to you or have you been kind of um, have you been in this world already um, in a sense? And luckily for me, I was able to, you know, unlucky but lucky. I had three offensive coordinators in college, um, all with their own little style of mm-hmm of offense to run. So I was able to get introduced to pretty much every, uh, concept run scheme. Um, and then, you know, by the time I got to my senior year at that, at that point, I'm getting introduced to, you know, a lot of crazy coverages just cause people are, you know, trying their best to, you know, have an effect on our past game. Um, so really that, that was a, that was a smooth process for me. I thought I was, you know, very prepared for all the questions and, um, even the coaches that try to, that try to stump you, um, you know, I, yeah. I was just I was just taught early just to give them so so much information that they don't have a rebuttal. Like any rebuttal <laughs> that we're gonna do would have already been answered yeah. um, in your in your uh, in your answer. So I just kind of took that approach, and you know, I felt it. I felt like it served me well. Yeah, just keep talking until your 15 minutes with them is over. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Just talk until All right. there's no yeah. part of this play that they can. You know, they they can't add a certain pressure or coverage to this play that could make this you know, yeah. uh, a fallacy of a play. So it was, it was good for me. Okay. So you do all that. Um, that's obviously huge for you. And it's a huge time of development too. I think, mm-hmm. I don't know what you're doing down in Florida, but I think being able to just like get out of college, right? Here's the NFL. You can go watch film on teams in the NFL, get, get ready to see what defenses you're going to see. Um, so you do all that and then you end up going undrafted did you think there was a chance that you might be drafted late yeah i did i feel like um i feel like i felt like i was gonna get drafted more than i thought i wasn't get 
going to get drafted. But I knew there was, I knew, I always knew that there was that chance of me not getting mm-hmm. drafted. Um, but l- lucky for me, I was, you know, I had so many good people around me that I didn't, I didn't mind. And I just knew that one way or another, I was going, I was going to get a shot somewhere. So, um, and I mean, you might be sick for a second that you didn't get drafted, but then as soon as the call comes in that, you know, yeah, it doesn't matter. That, yeah. It doesn't matter at that point. So that's kind of how I took it. And I just knew, I just knew I was ready to grind basically as hard as I could. And however it turned out was just how it was going to turn out. Yeah. That was when I was coming out, there was like a, sh- a shroud of like maybe like fifth, sixth round, seventh round here. And, you know, you're watching those late rounds after watching all weekend. You're just like, God, it's like, can someone just tell me where I'm going? And then it kind of yeah. passes by. And then I didn't get drafted and I ended up signing undrafted with Carolina, but it's the same thing. It's like, okay, you get a call. You're like, okay, this team gave me a shot. Like, let's go make it work. And I think the funniest thing for me was when I signed with Carolina, you know, I'm watching like my buddy that year, Christian Kirk, he got signed in the second round. The signing bonus is like 1.9 million. <laughs> like, let's go. Like I grew up with him since I was little and yeah. I was like, let's go. And then I got my call and they were like, all right, we want to sign you a undrafted free agent. Um, Here's how's $3,000 sound. And I was like, I was like, I, I ain't gonna be able to hang out with my dog anymore. Like, Man, listen, you know, grow me. We had these. We had the uh, the rookie. The rookies had to tell a joke uh, all yeah. training camp, like once a week when we have our team meeting or an offensive meeting. Yeah, offensive meeting. An offensive rookie have to get up in front of the uh, in front of the uh, offense, mm-hmm. say his name, where he went to school, and a signing bonus. And they started it from the first round all the way up until you got to the undrafted guys. And yeah, it, you know. It was like after hearing those first four guys go up and then say their signing bonus, I was just like, man, you know, the Bears absolutely robbed me. They absolutely were like robbed me. That you could have found some like, more money for me, man. What are you doing? Yeah. yeah, I know. Why that first? Because like, you know, my mine was tw- mine was twenty five, and initially, you know, hearing that, Damn. somebody, especially for somebody that's, I've never been, I never for more than a week been outside of the eastern panhandle of, of west virginia near dc so that that to me that's a small me, area that to me i was like don't say another word i'm in <laughs> and you get there and then you hear and then you hear darnell right say what his signing bonus was and oh immediately, my God. immediately i'm just like i'm just looking at certain people in the in the facility walking around like yeah, you're looking different. I know, I know you now. I know, I know you you're now. like we're we're at the same practice right now, right? Like I don't know what the hell happened, but yeah. we're, we're we're stretching hamstrings out right next to each other, and exactly. you're costing a lot more than mine. Twenty five is not bad though. Twenty five is solid. Exactly. Yeah, it's a respectable so there, number. Because there was there's some you know there was you know obviously you hear the first four guys go, but then you also hear other undrafted guys go, and then you start to you know you you start to just understand that you know. They just got. They're gonna pay you what they're gonna pay you. They yeah. they might not even really have a rhyme or a reason, but you know everybody's got the same opportunity. Yeah, the game check hits a lot better. When I so I had the the OC that signed me as a undrafted free agent. Four years later, he told me he comes to me and he goes, "Hey, I got a funny story for you." So, you know, when I signed you undrafted, they were like, "Hey, here, there's these two quarterbacks. Like, you pick which one you want. Like, you got five thousand dollars." Um, that's like the last thing they had in their undrafted pool to give out. And they were like, we just need a fourth quarterback. So go find somebody. So he was like, cool. And then he called me and he offered me three. He offered my agent $3,000. And my agent was like, yeah, we need a team. Like no one else is calling. Like, let's go there. And so he just gypped me out of $2,000. <laughs> and he's like, and he's not even like working with salary cap guys or anything. he's just like, oh, it'll look great once once I come back and be like, I got him for three, you know? Just got like, it. come just on, got bro. It. Just it's got it. It wasn't even ordered to do that, but just just cause. That's yeah. Kyle, Kyle, up Kyle's up. dog's like two grand a month just to take care of it. It's one of those little easily, like, you know, bro. Boy, yeah. well, that's my boy noodle or whatever. It's my dog. Yeah. I'm, I'm good. I'm not. I'm not even into dogs, so I'm glad. I'm glad I'm not. Especially after hearing how much that that dog costs. All right, back to the actual football here. So, um, you get drafted. You get 25k. Congrats on being rich. Um, now we're in OTAs training camp. What's the rep situation like for you in OTAs and training camp? Because I mean, were you the three or the four when you were drafted? I remember I was the four, and I texted my agent about. Once we got the mini camp practice too, and I was like, "Hey, I've gotten like a combined twelve reps all OTAs. Like, should I be worried?" 
Like, should I go wow. say GM? Wow. Bro. Wow. It was like a, dude, it was like a, it was like OTA practice was over. We're in the last period with the threes. And the OC looks around and he like sees me and he's like, oh shit, he's still on the team. Hey, go, go take these last three. You know, like it's like one of those deals. Yeah. So what was it like for you? Yeah. So getting there, definitely number four. They had just, they, you know, they had just went and got uh, PJ in the off season to be the backup. Uh, Nate Peterman was there from the year before. Um, and then I was number four. Um, so 12 reps in two days would have been a dream come true uh, for me, you know, when uh, training camp, you know, even, you know, OTs and training camp, uh, yep. just scrounging for reps, really. Je- but it was it was never like a situation like they always made me feel like coaching wise, like QB coach, you know, G- coach Janoko, coach Getsy. They always, you know, when they taught, you know, I thought they did a wonderful job of not just teaching their number one guy. They they did a good job of the best coaches the coach everybody in the offseason. So this is the best guys too. And then in the season, exactly. it's got to be yeah. the one. You got to get the exactly. one. Too, but... Yes, yeah. no doubt, no doubt. But I thought they did a wonderful job throughout OTAs, throughout training camp, making sure that the whole team, not just the ones, kind of had an idea of of what was going on and what we were looking to do uh, with our installs and and all that. So um, it was it was very organized, but it was about four reps every practice really just making my trying to make my money in those four reps and in individual work um Mm -hmm. and that was and it really just looking like the weird guy that you know when justin was going i'm somewhere behind him just doing the footwork feeling the play out just so you know it's not like you know it's not foreign to me whenever i do get my shot That, that was kind of what that looked like for me early so you get your shot, right? The starter gets hurt. Yeah. You never, I mean, we can all say it, right? You're the backup quarterback. You never want the starter to get hurt. You end up becoming boys with these guys. Like, you never want that. At the same time, you got to get ready to play. So you find out Justin's going to be out for a couple of weeks. Like, when you saw it, when you heard it, when it, however it came to you, whether you knew it in the moment or somebody came over and said, hey, he's going to be out for a little bit. Like, instantly, what was your mindset? Just to revert back to all the work that's been put in, you know, I kind of, you know, I didn't do a whole lot for about three months, just really just trying to get this offense installed into my mind and be able to operate it with, you know, obviously you got different snap counts, you got different, um, different types of reads and looks and pre-snap keys. So I'm just making sure I could wrap my mind around everything that we had going on, um, that I could continue to keep the offense playing fast, you know, avoid bad penalties with, you know, delay of games or false starts due to miscommunication or people lining up wrong, um, all those little intricate things that not a lot of people think about when they watch football. So just want to make sure that, you know, I had the process down. And then when that time came, it was, uh, the lights were definitely bright. However, it was just one of those things where I'm like, Hey, you know, freaking out will do no good right now. So just relax, you know, play fast, be loud and, uh, over communicate everything. And, you know, aside from that, you're just out there reading and reacting. So that's kind of how I approach it and what I, what my mind, when you come into the league, um, you come in and you play against whether you're playing against the quarterback on the other team, you're playing against people on defense. You know a lot of who these people are. You know who that that's Andy Reid right there. Okay, that's Mahomes. That's you know what I mean. You get there and it's some dudes are starstruck, some dudes are starstruck in isolation just with that player. Um, but if I rewind the clock 12 months ago, I got a feeling that you knew exactly who Bryce Young was. He's the dude from Alabama. He's about to be the number one pick. He won the Heisman. He was blah 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 five star. All these things. I think there's a good chance 12 months ago he did not know who you were. Your most recent start, you got a chance yeah. to beat him in prime time. And it's not about him, but what does that mean when there's like somebody that you've seen, been watching, know about, you know they don't know who you are, and yeah, here you are, and then you get to, you know, the referee puts your hand up at the end of the game, you win. Talk about, about like that feeling, that the satisfaction you get when, and, and he's your draft class too, right? So talk about a little mm-hmm. bit with that. It's not even really about Bryce, it's more about, kind of idols becoming rivals. You know what I mean? Where and whether you idolize them or not, or you looked yeah. up to them or you were just impressed by somebody's game. Talk a little bit about that. Oh, I mean, yeah, I think it was definitely, you know, a feeling of just really I mean, this whole thing really, I mean, aside from Bryce Younger, you know, I have a whole lot of respect for for him and, you know, doing what he did in Alabama and being able to handle, you know, I feel like it, you know, I don't know, but I feel like it's probably tough to handle that. Um balance that spotlight of being the number one pick in the draft and what kind of what your expectations are um in in that sort of sense but um yeah it's just it is really good to to know that all the work that you were putting in 
you know, really having no clue if it was going to work out, um, have it work out and have it work out in a big way. And just the things that have happened in my, in my life in the past six months are pretty unreal. And, you know, I'm constantly pinching myself every day. So, um, I definitely knew who Bryce Young was a year ago and leading up to this game, I was cognizant of the fact that, you know, you know, we talked about signing bonuses at the beginning of this thing, you know, they paid this dude a lot of money, you know, to, Mm -hmm. to, to play, to play quarterback, um, in this league. And, you know, that's just kind of one of the weird things with evaluating quarterbacks is that you really never truly know until they're thrown out there into the fire, whether they are, you know, whether they are good or whether, whether they deserve to be drafted or whether they didn't deserve to be drafted. So it was just cool to, um, to see, you know, the number one pick in the draft undrafted guy from D2, but both are just in the same game, you know, operating, you know, operating pretty much the same, um, in the game. So it's just, it was just a, just felt like I earned it and just another good story, you know, for me and my family and just another thing sure. to be proud of. Most guys in the NFL come from a Division One program. So, like, I went to El Paso. I went to UTEP. I had one offer out of high school. I was this close to going to a Shepherd, right? So I had one offer. I only played my yeah. senior year. That's my own story, whatever. But, like, even when I was in college, like, my receiver went third round. The linebacker on defense was, like, the second pick of the second round. Like, I still, like, had guys on my team that played in the NFL or were going to be. I still had like one or two guys in the league that would like come back for like their bye week and say, what's up? And then I had my brother. My brother was the number one pick and he was, you know, already playing. So like I had, I had exposure to it, but like in all of your college football games at like, did you in practice or games ever play against anybody who was like gonna or is now starting in the league? Um, yes, my, just my, just my freshman year. Um, we just played him. Oh, why can I not think of his name? Uh, the D tackle for okay. the Lions. So that proves my point right there. You so kind of exactly remember a guy from your freshman yeah. year, but you know, the one guy. So you played yeah. against <laughs> one guy. And by the way, I don't know that guy. I don't know who that yeah. is. You know what I mean? Number whatever from the Lions. Klinsky. Klinsky. Yeah, he's a starting He's a starting D tackle. Bad dude. But yeah, we did. I did play him uh, my freshman year. But that, that is Right? It. And so that the gap. To go from D1 playing at – the gap to go from SEC to the NFL is big. You know what I mean? To go from Pac-12 to Big, yeah. to big 10 yeah. to the NFL is big. And I think what Kyle and I, why we were so fired up to talk to you and we're so impressed with what you did, like a lot of people – I mean, Kyle balled out. I don't know if you know his whole story, but I mean, you know, his P-Squad bouncing around, drives back home to Arizona, drives back, boom, drops 300 yards and three touchdowns in his first start week 17 mm-hmm. versus number one seed NF, uh, New Orleans Saints. Like I, So, like – Something mm-hmm. similar, but I don't know. He was at a and He was throwing to Christian Kirk. That guy's top 10 wideouts in late. You know what I mean? He'd been around it. And, I, you know, I still played against a bunch of guys. Like, I think what we're so impressed with is, like, you. none of it prepares you. Outside of, like, 11 guys on offense, 11 guys on defense, and the referees wear the same uniforms. Like, I, there's just really not much carryover. What was, if you had to pick one thing, what was the most surprising difference in playing an NFL game versus the the game you played before that, the um, uh, yeah, just all the details and just how in depth all the the play calling is and the formations and motion landmarks and just all the intricate things you just you know you wouldn't at least until I got here you just really didn't understand how important yeah. all those things were. Give me a give me a shepherd play call real quick before. We go too crazy. It was, I mean, it was, it was similar, but not as, not as wordy. Like our run game is pretty insane. So that's the big, but a, a play would have been like, like an easy play would have probably just been Dallas, right? Um, 400 Vegas. But that's just, that's just like, that's just two by two jet protection, uh, four verts. Like, yeah, that's, that's like, it doesn't see it. But we make it complicated in the NFL for no reason, too. Yeah, you know what I mean? Like, like, it gets like, pretty, it gets pretty nasty. It gets for no reason, nasty. right? Oh, I know. And you're it looking is. up at the play clock at 15 seconds. <laughs> I like, know. Okay, can yeah, we fucking go? Like, that was on. a, yeah, I feel like that was a pressure point for me, too. Like, uh, you know, once I got the starting job, especially after, um, just, you know, operation was, you know, smooth against Oakland. It was a little bit hard. It was smooth, but it was a little bit harder in LA. It was the first away game. Just you start to see that play. The play clock, like you said, it's evaporating a little bit quicker when you're away. And yep. You got noise involved. So then, uh, like going to this, going to the Saints, you know, all week loud. Yeah, all week. It's like, hey man, you never, you will never 
experience something like this again. Like you better be ready for this noise. These fans are crazy. You're not gonna they're playing like fuzzy TV noise at practice, like as loud as they yep. possibly can. I'm screaming at practice. Um so like the pressure point of like getting the guys rallied in the huddle, like, yo, get into the huddle immediately so that I can say this play so that we can get to the line. Cause you know, I want to snap the ball with like eight seconds left. I don't want to snap the ball two, one, and I got to hurry up and go on the turbo or something yeah. like that. You want to um, get to the line and see the defense too. Yeah, like so, you yeah. want to give yourself a chance sure. to take a breath before the play. No doubt. Yeah. Especially, you know, we're the, we're like, we're one of the top motioning teams in the league. So every play yeah. it's without a doubt, there's going to be one or two motions. So the Saints game, it's loud. I'm running a little bit more than usual. Um, you ran I'm, a lot that game. I'm screaming. I'm screaming the play at the top of my lungs to dudes that are two feet in front of me just so they can hear it. And, <laughs> you know, I remember it was back-to-back runs. Uh, one of the runs, I kind of, like, bruised up my quad, so I'm kind of I'm feeling that. And I just had another long run, and I'm like, gassed, right? Because it's like in, yeah. between, in between plays when you're supposed to catch your breath, I'm screaming the play. Yeah. So I get down tired and he, and coach coach uh coach gets it. He's like, All right, buddy, here's what we got. We got <laughs> Ben left tight, X home Ben left tight, F home, fake taxi, Larry, F strain, Y show can, nineteen taxi. And I'm like, Oh my like, gosh. I'm like I'm like, get in here, get in here. <laughs> here we go. And he just yeah. yeah, just the so it's so um like you just realize how much and, and like, you know, have a respect for the game. Like now when I'm, yeah. when I'm watching a game and like, say there's another young guy that's, that's, that's in the game and even just seeing him operate, get to the line of scrimmage and just even hand the ball off. Like so much that had to go into even getting to that point, you just have a general respect for yeah. what that person's able and to do. And the other hand. big difference. Yeah. People see a handoff, right? People see a handoff at the line of scrimmage. All right, they see you line up, but they don't see like, hey, if it's a if it's a under front here, we got to check it to this run, right? But also, exactly. if it's if it's strong safety down to that side, we got to run away from to check it, right? Yeah, exactly. I remember like our run game is kind of heavy like that here too, and um, I had to go in against I forgot who it was, but uh, Josh got hurt, hurt his shoulder, or no, they tapped him because he hit his head on the ground pretty hard, so they like had to check him with the the concussion protocol guys, mm-hmm. and they go in, and he gives me like our longest run play call of the week you know it's like why shift a triple right this that can this that like exactly what yeah. you just said right yeah. and so I'll, and so i'm looking around and I, I shift them and then i'm like i'm like okay we're good and then i hit it off and i'm like wait fuck there's a kill on this play damn it and i totally whiffed the kill and i'm like two plays and i'm like i already fucked up one <laughs> there's just way too much that goes on with like it's like you said even a handoff because i make it hard on ourselves i remember too. like i remember at the beginning like of learning learning this offense and getting the installs in like um with saying the play i'm i'm still i'm still learning how to get the play and say it like as smoothly as i can like that was this is a focal point at this time um in my life which was about during otas and i remember just like coming so close to being like hey coach like give me the play and then let me call it and then tell me what the can is for like because a lot of times they'll for sure blah 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 can this and it'll be yeah uh, Brazilian luck or for shell or for boxing yeah. or this so I'm like I'm trying to get the play and say it and then as I'm about to say it he's like oh yeah and we're checking this for a and it's like cloud me up so then it's just like all those little things like like you said just being able to wrap your suit you just got to be able to wrap your mind around it think about three things at once which I don't even really know if it, that is possible but quarterbacks seem to find a way so. All those, it's all the little things that not a lot of so, people think about. There's a huge gap, right? You go D2 there. I'm talking about from a resource standpoint because I've been on six, I was on six or seven teams. So everybody's is a little different, right? Some places have amazing food and some places have shitty food, right? And it's just some, the parking's great here. You know, Cleveland, they got valet at home games and like other places, it's like you park and walk and it's outside. So everything's a little different. But the resources between, like that you had between D2 Shepherd and the Chicago Bears, like just from a nutrition, from physical therapy to all of that, coaching, clickers, the t- all of it. Just talk through like a little bit of the, the gap that you've experienced. It's kind of went from like being homeless to a penthouse, right? But like what, what's the difference that you notice in like, no, like resources? No doubt. I think the only thing of those things that we had were coaches and clickers and then everything else was not there. It was not, everything else was not there. Um, 
you know, we didn't have any nutrition, nutritionists or nutrition people. Um, we had two trainers that went with every sport in the school. Um, we didn't have cold tubs. We didn't have hot tubs. Um, yeah. Give me some good, like dirty shepherd stories. Like, oh, we read somewhere yeah. that someone dammed up like a cold river for you guys. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, someone, someone. Your boy. It was, it was you. Oh, your boy. Just a part-time beaver. Yeah, in the river, baby. <laughs> so that was gnawing on logs. So yeah, we didn't, we didn't, we didn't have any, we didn't have any, uh, we didn't have any cold tubs. And you know, after you know, you're in, you're in camp in August, and all, the only thing anybody ever wants to do after a hard practice during camp is take a take a ice ice bath. So oh, yeah, um, a good buddy of mine that actually lives close to Shepherd. Um, he started doing cold water exposure like year round in the stream that ran through Shepherdstown. Um, so I started doing it with him, realized I like it a lot. Um, but the spot we were going, you could really fit two people cause it was so shallow. You just really had to lay down in it flat. <laughs> so one day we, one day we were doing it. We're just kind of hanging out, talking. We had worked out or whatever. And, um, we just were like, Hey, we should build it we should build a dam right here the water will rise we'll be able to sit 10 deep in this thing and it'll be like a good it'll be it'll end up being like a good resource for the football team for guys that actually are trying to you know take care of their body maybe even a little bit so we end up doing that water rises and then yeah there's a lot of um then you just you start inviting people showing them then you then when you start going there's already people there already using it so and, and it stayed about because i think the cold tubs at Hallis hall are about 42 and this you know, it stays from, it, it fluctuates from 40 to 50 throughout the year, depending on the season. So, um, it is pretty, that, that's probably, that's, that's the peak, uh, dirty shepherd story is that, you know, we, we took our ice baths in the, in the stream that ran through the city. But you like turned it into a real thing though. You're like, it's not like one day the dam was there that it's gone. You have 10 deep in there consistently. No, nah, listen, I, every, every morning, every morning, even to this day, when I go visit home every morning, I wake up and I go. I go get in the stream in the same spot oh, every dope. time. That's incredible. Dude. Every time it's, so it, it, it's became, yeah, it's became like such like a, uh, like a, just a meaningful spot at this yeah, point. It's like, great cause you know, I've philosophical now, reminder of how far you've come in a short amount of time. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's a lot of what prepared me for this is that, you know, there was never anybody, there was never a nutritionist as telling me what I need to eat. It was me. Re it was me wanting to take care of myself, looking it up, finding the information for myself, and then go. Is that how your there. quarterback development was thing too? Was. Like, were you? Are you one of those dudes who was watching stuff on YouTube? I mean, you said you haven't left that that area. Like, yeah, I, yeah, yeah. I, I didn't. I mean, yeah. So the first time that I worked with a quarterback coach, other than my pops, was. Um, uh, after my junior season, I won the Division Two Heisman, and that got like I think that was like the first time that people, um, like had, saw my name or knew who I was mm -hmm. or anything. So, um, I started I started working with uh, Tony Ratsiopi, um, in Jersey, um, a couple times a week. I would train with him, and then, um, the Six Points people who trained Purdy and um, Richardson, Anthony Richardson, Jackson. like got in touch with them. Yes, got in touch with them, trained with them a handful of times. So that was so my junior year of college was the first time I like was actually getting um coached on um it's it's a crock of shit. You don't need it. Don't worry about hey, it. Hey, that's what I figured out. Jordan. <laughs> ah, Jordan. Well Kyle's Kyle's my boy, but he's also a client. So <laughs> he's just giving it yeah. yeah. It's good. It's good because I felt that uh when I was at um, when I was training with these people, I was training at a different intensity. I always try to train with high intensity just to emulate a game as much as possible. But it's different when you're around people you don't know with other athletes that are of or close to the same caliber as you. It brings out a different side of you. So for sure, that that was definitely the thing that can, made me keep going back was that I knew I was going to be surrounded with guys that are um highly talented and i wanted to and, and you're at a level now where like you, the main thing you need to get out of training in the off season for here's some unsolicited advice is you need to know how and why right coaches will tell you quarterback coaches in the league will tell you what to do but they won't tell you how to do it right get a little deeper i don't get so deep a little lower mm -hmm. right but not why like mm -hmm. not how okay mm -hmm. so we would climb don't climb too so far well 
how? Well, by, yeah. by maintaining stability on the front side, so you can that foot sleeps underneath you in a great position to leverage. Like so, just finding out like how or why yeah. at the, from this point on is it yeah. because the rest of it is just getting good at football. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, I mean, at the Manning camp when we were doing your drill, that's right. We had, I oh. forget, it was like closing, what, closing, what keeping, your, keeping your front hip kind of closed. Yeah, I just had you like, guys blocked you off. Like, if I'm about? throwing to you, get lined up over here, and it just shows yeah. you, like, all right, I just decelerated your left hip for you. Now you feel that line yeah. of tension. I'm not yeah, saying yeah. throw it like that. I'm just saying this is a good one to work in warm ups. Yeah. So you feel what it's like to load from that position to leverage on the front side. And again, I, I you know, yeah. Eli and Peyton are like, all right, we got groups of three. There's 52 kids, 12 minute stations. I'm like, cool. So I got like 21 dudes for 12 minutes. You know what I mean? And everyone, by the way, is going to judge the shit out of whatever I say. You know what I mean? Like, all right, pick one exercise and to see if you can't feel something a little bit different. And then, yeah, I I remember. I mean, uh, we did it. I threw it and we both kind of looked at each other like, so that's what it feels like to block off your front side. Yeah. So, yeah, that was cool. A couple of guys stuck around and, you said your dad was giving you, uh, your dad was giving you tips to start. Yeah, I mean, what, he, like, he, my dad. I, I want to hear this. Yeah, I say my dad. Really, my dad forced me to play quarterback when I was six. Like straight up, yoked me up, took me out of the house, took me to football practice. Like, yeah, hey, you're gonna play quarterback. Um, so yes, sir. He, he, yeah, exactly. So he kind of <laughs> he was he would always. Uh, we were always really close to Shepard. So um, one of his buddies was a was a GA at Shepard. So that was the guy who taught me how to do a three-step drop. And that's when you're dropping and on the third step, you're like lifting. Like I was lifting my left leg in the ground just to emphasize, you know, planting on that right foot and being able to um, being able to get all my acceleration going forward. And then, you know, I it really was just that and kind of just playing backyard football up until I did fall in love with playing quarterback. After my sophomore season in high school, I was able to win the job and had a pretty successful season. Um and so I just really wanted to, I just started doing it. Really, I was really heavily footwork oriented once I fell in love with it. I was like, man, I got to get my feet right. Like, I got to make sure my feet are correlating with everything that I, you know, I'm able to move effectively in the pocket, um, all those things. And then um, then started to realize, hey, you know, I probably need to be able to make these throws as well. So then, you know, you start to just transition from the footwork aspect of it to, um you know, just really practicing throwing the ball every damn day. Just you know, trying to trying to get better at making the ordinary throws, making sure that you're on time, on target every time. I think was basically how I do it. It was a lot of YouTube videos, a lot of YouTube videos. Would you watch on YouTube that was understanding helpful? Understanding what I, I would just a lot of like early on, it was a lot like, how can I throw the ball farther? <laughs> like little things like that, and then you, it's introduced that hey, you want to be able to throw the ball farther. Core should probably be, you probably should get you, mm-hmm. you know, work on your core, be able to connect everything. Cause you know, throwing it's, you know, it's from the ground up. So being able to have a good base, um, being able to work on my core a lot. And then, um, I ended up having some elbow problems early on in college, which then took me down a rabbit hole into what Why? extension yeah. was, um, and how it just re- alleviates a lot of that stress. Um, from your arm and puts it kind of in your body where where it should be. So it's just kind of been a gradual, just stacking bricks uh, year to year. And then obviously I was became good enough to kind of be introduced to, to some dudes. Dude, you're like talking about. So when I grew up, I had my best buddy Lance, his dad Fernando, moved here from Chile, broke. He was 15. Kyle, you know Lance, and his dad. I did a book mm-hmm. report on him in like fourth grade and he I learned the story. He had this crazy big house and they had crazy cars. They had a ton of money and I was just like, I had no idea. He like moved to America. He was like 15, swept the stairs at the warehouse, works his way up, fast forward, runs the company, builds it massive, sells it for a ton of money, has, you know, super success. Like, this is the football version of that. <laughs> like, come to this country, <laughs> don't speak English, don't know how anything works, fast, like, figure it out. Fast forward, driver. Right about, like, about how it felt. <laughs> like, there's the story. It's about how it felt whenever. Uh, it's about how it yeah. felt whenever they hit me up with all the formations and and, and you were like, "Como se dice?" Whatever. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. I was like, I, call, I remember first day of rookie minicamp. You know, I probably, I probably messed up five play calls the whole day. But this is where I'm getting like, I'm in rookie minicamp. I'm getting every rep. So I'm. It's about yeah. It's like 65 play days. So I kind of messed up. 
five of them to the point where I had to, you know, reload, ask coach, hey, you know, I need you to say that again. But five to me, that was like for somebody that had, I'd never messed up a play in my whole life. Like I never knew there exactly. was even, I never knew that there even could be a play that I wouldn't be able to say. Like that was completely, yeah. I wasn't even anticipating that uh, coming into the league. I'm just, I was just kind of like, oh, they're going to give me the offense. I'm going to learn the offense and we're going to go from there. But uh, so that, you know, that was an eye opener for me. And I kind of, I just called my dad. I was like, Hey man, listen, I'm really, I'm going to try, you know, you already know this. I'm going to try as hard as I possibly can, but man, I'm telling you, if this, if this thing goes south, it is not because I'm not good at football. (laughs) It's because these play calls are too damn long, man. I'm having trouble spitting these plays out, but um, I think I was overreacting. I think I was overreacting a little bit, but it was good that I, it was good that I was overreacting because then it just stressed me out to the point where I was like, I'm I'm not leaving my hotel room in the morning if I don't have all these plays completely down yeah. in my head of how I'm going to sink them. So it all, it all yeah. helped out. That's what separates you though, man. It's like you, you said it, it's not at this level quarterbacks, not physical. It's decision-making it's hundred percent mental. Yeah. And if you're not prepared for the day, like there's guys who will come out there and, and think they got it and they could be 10 times as talented as you. I, I have beat out plenty of people in my career who are much, much more talented than I was. I'm sure you've been the exact same way. Yeah. But man, these play calls are too long. I'm yeah. like, yeah. we have conversations about it every day. We'll take plays out of the game plan. They could be great plays, but we're like, we're not all like, Josh will be like, I'm not running this play this week because I'm not going to be able to say it in time. Yeah. <laughs> I don't care if it's going to score a touchdown, we're going to get a delay a game. Yeah. And it's fine. It should be like, all right, hey, let's take this play and let's just call it um, yeah. 55. Yeah. And bam, everybody knows that week, hey, 55 means this. But, you know. And they're like, nah, we can't do that. You guys are smart enough for that. Yeah. You're, you're smart enough for the toy click. Yeah. <laughs> All right. I want to I talk about your dad real quick. I mean, yeah. your dad's getting a lot of pub. Um, I think the whole arm wrestling thing is hilarious. I know in our quarterback room, we pulled it up and we watched his little sideline interview. I think, it was was he at like a college game or something? Like your old college Shepherd game? That was uh, that was at the Reese Senior Bowl. That was at the Senior Bowl. That was the Senior Bowl? Okay, yeah. 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 That's a that's a hell of a clip. Um, arm wrestling runs in your family. It's been going around all over the place. We're not going to go too deep into it, but your grandpa supposedly did it. Your dad definitely did it. I'm sure you can do it a little bit. What we're going to do is I'm going to I'm going to give you some guys, some quarterbacks in the NFL. I want you to tell me if you can beat them in arm wrestling. <laughs> okay. All right, we're going to start with uh, your boy, Anthony Richardson. Easy Pre, work. Pre-shoulder. Pre-shoulder. Easy, easy, easy work. work. Easy work. Okay. Now, hey, now, hold up now, hold up now, hold up now. We got to talk about this. Are are they are they learning and going to be training the tech? No, you're no, oh, we're showing, we're showing up. We're just showing up. Oh, yeah, it's a wrap. It's a wrap. Okay. All right. Tells me about about Josh Allen. Josh Josh Allen, not a he, but not he's a he's the same as Anthony Richardson. I would say like, but he's like country strong like you though. He's that's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying because he because he's uh, that that not show up and get the bar where he needs to get. He's not. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. I feel like um, you know I'm really gonna I'm really gonna have to bank on him not knowing any technique. Okay. If he knows technique, right. he's got it. He's got it. Well, it's all heart with him. There's no technique involved in a lot of things he does. It's just all heart <laughs> and fucking talent. Um, let's go with uh, Will Levis, big swole guy. Easy money. Yeah, I thought you'd say that. All right, last one. We're going to go um, your boy, Justin Fields. E- child's play. Easy money. You probably have already done it. It's probably <laughs> nah, already happened. No, nah, listen, honestly, I haven't arm wrestled since I was nine years old. Now, I mess around with my dad. Every once in a while, we will will grip up and he'll he'll try to talk me through some stuff. But um, I got I took I got my ass whooped when I was nine by by a kid who was training to be an arm wrestler, and it was in front of it was in it was in a child's arm, a kid's arm wrestling tournament in front of my football youth league teammates. Mm. So after after I got whooped right there, oh. I told my I told my dad respectfully, don't ever. Don't ever and <laughs> don't ever enter me in one thing ever again. That's a little too that hurt my ego a little uh, too much. So what the hell are you guys doing out in West Virginia, man? Just <laughs> arm wrestling tournaments at nine. But uh, yeah, crazy. Yeah, was, my dad would always he would always try to do some stuff like that. But after yeah, after I got whooped, I was like, hey, no, nah, I'm good. I'll stick to football yeah, and basketball. 
Yeah, that worked out well, man. Um, all right, we got a couple more things, and we'll let you watch the game. We got um, something we do with everybody. We call it teach tape. Um, this is where we like to just nerd out on ball. Mm -hmm. um, I think just from talking to you, you sound super smart, and I think we could probably have conversations of coverages and plays for hours, just like everyone in the quarterback room. But we're going to pull up a play. Um, this is from against Carolina in the four, or in the second quarter. Uh, just talk through, like, pre-snap, your thoughts, what you're walking up to the line, what coverage you're seeing, just everything that's going to your mind as you break the huddle and as the play goes. So you probably know what this play is, fourth and four. Yeah. Yeah, so right here we just have um, – we got knife concept uh, from the bunch with a nag from our tight end chipping to the flat, and we got our guy DJ um, on an oiler route, just a, uh, just a third inside step bench route. So it's pure progression, working the oiler to the knife concept with our deep through and our uh, short wide over by my boy T Skizzle. Um, so really, with coverage-wise, I'm really just pre-snap. I'm checking out that X. You know, I'm making sure it's not cloud because um, the only thing that would cause me not to start there is um, is a is a cloud coverage look um, to DJ, which we do get um, based on you know because of how dynamic he is. So. Um, saw that it wasn't it wasn't cloud to that side so i know i'm i know my feet are going to be set or my my eyes are going to be set to go there um 26 was he, he had been squatty up until this point and i kind of as i took the snap and i'm taking my drop seeing that he's not getting um a crazy amount of depth um so i was able to really not even have to set my feet to that and i was able to get off of it get to my throw um through was covered they did have a, they uh they were matching um, so the safety, and then we had the uh, through was covered by the nickel, and then just plus it out to the Dover. He did a good job uh, widening his guy, and then just had to plug him with the ball before the safety uh, before the safety got involved and cut it. But I think the through did a good job of occupying the safety just for that split yeah. second, so we were able to set it in. Um, had some internal pressure, but and jet protection, so we know we can handle it. Um, and then if that's not there, you know, we just got to uh, plus it out to the tight end with the chip flat. Or use our get our legs involved. So Tyson, a lot of a lot of quarterbacks watch this show, high school, middle school dudes, but a lot of college and actually a lot of NFL guys too. But a lot of college guys watch this. So any of you college guys watching this, when you prepare for the draft for Senior Bowl, Shrine Game, you know, Pro Day, Combine interviews, that's how you want to explain a play. Just FYI, uh, super yeah. thorough, dude. It's really clear. You have a yeah. total grasp. You know, you didn't. Second started looking left, didn't like it, came right, and the uh, dig came up. No, nah, dude, this is on it. So no surprise why you're supposed to be able to spit these things out and play fast. Because that's what the biggest thing, right, is like is playing fast. If I'm thinking too much, I can't play fast. I don't care what your 40 yeah. time is. If you're thinking about what to do, yeah, you're not running You're not running whatever that 40 time is. And if you're a quarterback and look great in drills, and then all of a sudden we got to process all this information and check and make sure it's not cloud, peek the through, Hold on to the deep or the deep through, you know, look at my Dover, then work outside. But I got a safety. I actually have to kind of almost back shoulder, slow him down and the, all that stuff happening while um, my hands are coming apart and I'm getting ready to rip it. Um, yeah, it makes sense why you've had success despite uh, the lack of experience that you have, you know, playing at this level against these guys. That's a tough yeah, throw. It's a scary too. throw. Going getting back to a, a, a dig route to your right, in my opinion, like from left to middle to right whatever it is about that throw about having like your feet to the left and then getting back here and sometimes like you talk about footwork a lot and you did your great like resetting back here but a lot of times when i'm throwing stuff going left to right i don't get my feet turned totally to that throw yeah and that's yeah. like a eh, like an all-arm throw and you leave it behind him in that corner i don't know how you feel about that throw but i've always yeah. struggled throwing to, nah, it, to the right yeah i it's all about like it was it was really big for me understanding uh torque and kind of if you watch a guy like Aaron Rodgers he could have the same he could have just uh like almost parallel to the line of scrimmage feet be able to throw it to the left sideline and also be able to really get his torque involved and rip it to the right side so I feel like based on how my body is aligned if I can have my body aligned maybe slightly inside of that oiler out to DJ, I know that I can rip yes. I know I can rip the through and the Dover from that from that spot. Like if I can get my upper body involved, which takes, you know, because you know, that rush is coming. You know, you're not gonna have your feet set to 
to every throw and mm-hmm. you know you figure that out quick at this level so um just really understanding that and then it's all about just kind of muscle memory with understanding how much torque do i need in order to make this throw um so once i figured that out it did make that a lot easier for me because you know initially when you're that guy who wants to have his feet set to every throw that's when when you're going left to right you can kind of that's where you start yeah it's die it goes you miss to the right now your feet are set exactly yeah so just understanding my where my just where my feet are aligned and how much torque needs to be involved with with each each throw now if that's a 50 yard if that's a 50 yard post instead of that dover route i'm probably not gonna have you know my feet parallel to the line of scrimmage at all i'm probably gonna try to get as much as i can um into that one but you know when you have a concept called that you know that you're comfortable with um with using your torque to to make any throw that's needed in that concept um that's kind of a way I like to I like to think about. It. I mean, as a QB coach, I say I'm in the leverage and tension business. How are we? How are we using our feet? Yeah. And you talk about a base, wide base. He's too wide. He's not wide enough. But no, no, no. How am I? How am I using the connection to the ground to create leverage to be able to load specific lines of tension? So when you talk about like Aaron Rodgers creating torque, another way to say that is he's got so much stability from his waist down that that left hip, yeah. the line from the left hip all the way really through the right shoulder, really out the fingertip, that line of tension is able to load whether I'm throwing it that way, whether I'm throwing it this way, or I'm standard throwing it where I'm aiming. And so that that, yeah. that part of a lot of people's games has evolved, and a lot of guys that I work with, the Burrows of the world, and, and he, Josh has done a great job of it too, of off that RPO, whether it's a token fake, even if I'm just kicking a screen out to the right or a flat route out to the right, pick route, whatever it is, like not needing to get – turned you know perpendicular to my target step and throw but also not leaning and side arming it and that's like shooting a fadeaway free throw you know what i mean like yeah you might make a couple of them but it's a free throw where are you fading away and it's on it's not needed but if i can actually maintain that base that a lot again the base is just the token word that everybody uses right the coverall but like no this is about leverage and tension and if i'm in control of those two things and build my body accordingly and the byproduct is my hand comes through the exact same way that I want that same arm slot, whatever these terms people want to use. Well, that happens anyways, or I change that arm slot but again, but I'm not changing the leverage and the tension, you know, and that allows for the extension yeah. and all that. And so yeah. I think that's the evolution of guys game is they go, all right, how do I say the play? Cool. All right. How do I execute the play? All right. Then you get into like the first, your first off season or your second off season. You know what I mean? You got reps under your yeah. belt. Okay. I get it. I'm yeah. not, not everything's new. Especially like, you know, if everything stays the same and you don't have to learn a new offense next year, you know what I mean? You get to just run it the second year. Mm-hmm. We well, got all this time that you did spend learning the offense. Now you can play around with, what if I actually don't get my feet set and I rip that and I just go RPOs and this is the only way that I throw hot or the only way that I throw that inside look. And uh, I think that's the evolution yeah. of uh, young professional players games. And you know, there's definitely college guys that are doing NFL stuff right now, but I think that's the evolution, yeah. but it's it's really just the leverage and tension business. That's the business that you're in. If you want to yeah. get good at golf, it'll be the same metric of that. You want to get good at some of these other sports, mm-hmm. you know, off-season stuff, um, it, it's the same. It's really the same program. Um, now, all right, so you so the video of Dak, the video of Dak that went viral pregame, right? What do you what do you mm-hmm. call what do you call that? Like the hip drop? What do you call watch? That? What happened is that that video okay, came right. out. No, because, oh, because well, this is the thing is yeah that's hater that's that's guru hater no, i'll explain it right there, i'll right explain there. it because they're because every kid watches that and i watch him do that but like who taught him that that's a good thing to teach him and that's helpful for dak and those guys do a great job those are good buddies of mine they do a great job doing it problem with it and it's not dak's fault somebody videoed him and then they put it and it went viral it's not like dak posted that on his social is there's no context for yeah. how that rotation is created and so a kid could look yeah. at that, try and copy that. It's like watching Aaron Rodgers. When a kid goes, I've been studying Aaron Rodgers. Don't throw, don't throw it like yeah. Aaron. He yeah. has built his body over 20 plus years to be able to do that. That's not a watch it and then yeah. do it. Right. So the Dak dance, yes. kids are just throwing their hips yeah. over there, but it's really, it's, it's yeah. not open up my hips or swing them open. I think what has to happen, it's like, these are my hips. It's like yeah. a football. I don't want to, if I'm throwing like this, I don't want to rotate my hips. I want my back hip to push this yeah. left hip open. This creates a fulcrum, and I'm pushing the right hip while I'm pulling the left hip back. That's the rotation. So if you just, yeah. or if you're a kid and you watch the back dance and you go in your backyard and you do that, 
there's just no way you're going to do it efficiently, correctly, and understand how that movement is created. Yeah. Movement is created by putting yeah. force in the ground to create leverage to get my hips going in the direction I want them to go. Mm-hmm. Whether that's to turn them, yeah. move them, or stop it's all because it's almost because it's almost if you're aligned to a dagger, if you're aligned to the twenty yard dagger, right, and your feet are aligned to mm-hmm. it, that um, not not to that exact extent, but that motion you do need. If your feet are set to it, that motion happens so that you can generate. Or the they don't rotate right. at all. So to, to they don't rotate grow. at all. They're just completely stable in that line of tension's loaded. Josh Allen had one the other day through a uh, last night. Yeah. He or yeah, whatever yesterday. Uh, he had a uh, the long one to Shakir, right? So he hits a seam. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sauce Gardner's. I mean, you, Kyle, you tell us what the play is. It was a, it was a seam, but it was he's the fold over defender. Yeah, it's just it's just it's similar. To, it's similar to your play. It's three buzz weak out of MT. Mm-hmm. You start you start with your option route to the left, mm-hmm. right? The, the buzz is to that side. He's got his crosser. They double the they double the option, so you got the crosser. Free safety takes the crosser, so he's got his number two on a seam. Fold over corner tries to get there for the seam, right? But it's the same footwork, right? You're starting mm-hmm. left to right. And, you, and so Josh, talk about what Josh did yeah, not do is go one hitch to this, two hitch to the seat. Like he was kind of lined up to throw the choice route, the option route, and gets his eyes over mm-hmm. here and from this position and it was like kind of flat footed. But, he, you know, it's a piss missile and it's 28 yards in the air. The way yeah. where a, you know, single high seam with a fold over corner is completed and the guy breaks a couple tackles and it's like a 70 yard touchdown. But it's the same thing. What Josh did not do is get everything lined up at his target, step into it, open up the front hip, all that. He just from this position, yeah. I bet if you slow it down, his upper body moves, but I don't think his lower body, I don't think his hips rotated at all. If it is, it was super subtle. Yeah. And it was a piss missile strike, yeah. you know, and strike up the band. And so that happens a lot. And like for Josh, there's some freaks out there. Congrats. Like Josh can be in a terrible position and put the ball exactly where he's aiming, right? And we can all do that every now and then. Some guys can do that more often. Um, but also, and Kyle's with him every day, And but like, yeah, but that's a consistent throw for Josh. You know what I mean? I, like, not everybody has to get completely lined up. His mechanics Because are, the sequencing of his hips is so dialed. Are he great. can change the arm angle yeah. or he can change whether he's lined up or not Yeah, because of repetition, talent, and yeah. then how he's built himself. And so much, so, much, uh, so much tension is created from having his feet set to that option route and torquing his yes. upper body, leaving his lower body. And that, and that also allows I, for extension. I, I you think you got to do that when you want to throw the ball as hard as you can. That's why, like, my example is Josh ripped a seam into tight coverage. But if he was layering the shallow cross route, it's the same. Like, you need that length, you need that line of tension loaded to get extension, mm-hmm. yeah. to be able to control the football yeah. and not short arm that, which a lot of big, strong armed dudes who throw the ball hard, I get a lot of them every year for the draft, they struggle with those throws. Josh used to struggle with, with touch. Uh, intermediate and short range touches first two years it wasn't great and then it became uh, as good as anybody in the league but it's again it's the same metric it's still loading that line of tension and that's what gets the extension to be able to control the football because we got to control the football how hard it's thrown the tempo the trajectory and the velocity like and not obviously the accuracy but the tempo and the trajectory too and that's why some some guys who like some guys are great deep ball throwers if they put air underneath it, but they don't have a feel for layering back shoulder. Some guys are great back shoulder guys, but they can't put a ton of air under it. They miss out of bounds. Like all fades are not the same, but if your movement and the sequencing is the same, now it's a metric of just like getting reps and understanding how that extension is created and then build a bunch of repetitions around it. Like if you train with somebody in the off season, it's going, yeah. what are the five things I need to get better at? How do I, how do I do that one? Then how do I, like, what's the pattern? Okay, what's the sequence? Then how do I strengthen it? Yeah. Now, like adding resistance to it. Now, how do I speed it up and do it? And then I'm ready for competition. Now, a competitive setting. It's that same yeah. process. Learn a pattern, execute yeah. it correctly. Add resistance to strengthen it. Add tempo to reinforce it. Now, run a full speed route or give me a fade here, bro. Yeah. And let me react and throw. And that's essentially like, yeah. check the box. Okay, I got better at that. Check the box. I got better at that. That's how you build an offseason as a pro is straight up getting into what do I need to get better at? Before I start practicing it, how do I do it? <laughs> like, what causes that to yeah, happen? Yeah. And uh, and there's a bunch of guys that are that are doing that. And the guys that are playing right now, I mean, I think Mahomes and Jalen are two exa- two guys that are perfect. They're, there's a long list of things that they are, right? They're, they're superstars. They're talented. They're great people. They're, there's a long list. But what they really are good at is figuring out what they're not good at and getting better at it and building a plan. Jalen wasn't that good at throwing, and then he got really good at throwing. 
like let's not overcomplicate it. Yeah, it's funny. I I read that's funny. I was I read something the other day. The magic you're looking for is in the work is in the work is in all the shit you're avoiding. So it's like those mm-hmm. people, those people that don't Love avoid it. those people that don't avoid, you know, like Jalen, like Patrick, like what you said, um, just dive right into it, understand what their weaknesses are. It's definitely a recipe. Uh, yeah, it's it's a freeing feeling that, and then sprinkle in not caring what people think, and there's your superpower. Yeah, if you can do both of those things, yeah. you're already sitting on a couple of good games. Like you're, you're you kind of set yourself kind of the way that Kyle did. Like you set yourself up. Now you kind of don't have the pressure of I got to play great in this game or here's all the bad things that can happen in my career. It's like, no, nah, you're already sitting on house mm-hmm. money right now. Now how do I get better? How do I avoid mm-hmm. ever giving a shit what anybody thinks? Which honestly, yeah. I, you know, I played on six teams. Chicago's media market is different, bro. It's it's not like that everywhere, just so you know, Tyson. No. <laughs> it's not that big a deal everywhere. I remember, anyways, I got stories, but like, it's crazy. So if you can learn how to do that there, then if you end up somewhere else, you're going to be like, this is easy. So, yeah. Um, well, let's let's wrap this thing up. All right, bro. Let's do this. Yeah, it's yeah, called the two thing. minute drill. Let's get them out of here. We got the second half yeah, of the game. Yeah, it's called the two minute drill. So, um, we're going to start a clock here. Throw it on the screen. You got two minutes. Why don't you just tell us your story? Basically highlight the highs and the lows. How good you are is how well you handle the inevitability, in my opinion, of success and adversity. Those two things. If you're really good at one and not the other, yeah. you're not on this podcast right now. Um, and if you're no great doubt. at both no of them, doubt. there's a lot of money to be made. And so um, no we'll start it. You can start this journey wherever you want to start it. Uh, and it ends right now today as you sit here. Um, but however you want to collect your thoughts and we'll throw it to you, we're going to hit mute. Um, and the, you got two minutes on the clock, Connor, and, um, we'd love to hear your journey. All right. So I grew up in the Eastern Panhandle, West Virginia, huge family oriented, uh, deal for me always growing up, uh, started playing sports, fell in love with football, won the, uh, won the job in high school as a sophomore, was able to be a three-year starter in high school, was able to win two state championship, very successful, um, talk about adversity in my life um mother was alcoholic uh all the way up until i graduated high school um so dealt with that a little bit her not being around as much uh while i was playing um didn't get any really of the offers that i felt i deserved um after being so successful and being uh, a very instrumental uh player on our team um ended up signing with shepherd university because the quarterback that was there before me got a shot with the redskins at the time connor jessup and i knew that uh if i went there did what i was supposed to do that i would get my chance they threw the ball 30 times a game every game was packed out so it was easy choice for me um got there won the job my third week um at camp my freshman year and from then on um started all four years of my uh of my college career i uh, had a lot of success a shit ton of touchdowns a lot of yards, a lot of winning games, um, and it was a lot of fun. Um, then the NFL uh, came upon me. I had uh, always been a dream of mine, but I was successful enough in college that it was um, a reachable dream. Um, so went down to Florida. It was my first time leaving home, and then um, this whole thing has been, you know, pretty uncomfortable for me socially, just because I, you know, I haven't not been near my family for this long, really, in my whole life ever. So um, adjusted to that in Florida. And then trained, had a good uh, senior bowl combine, got a shot with Dub Bears. And from then, on, Bears. from then on, I've just been pushing, grinding, chopping wood, carrying water, trying to make this thing a reality. And it's been nothing but a blessing so far. Go green. Crazy. Con- <laughs> <laughs> oh, goosebumps. Let's go. You're a Disney movie, bro. All you need is a oh. Super Bowl. Oh, this was no. Nah, it's from West Virginia. No way, it's Disney. That's <laughs> yeah. Right. Let that. I don't want that. Disney no, over there. That's the second or third joke you made about West Virginia. I'm not. I'm from, just I'm saying, not, bro. I'm not from that part of West Virginia. I'm from DC. I don't know what Eastern I'm, Panhandle I'm is, from, but that's uh, sorry. Right, so look, if this is West Virginia, <laughs> I'm, I'm right. Yeah, well, yeah. I'm right. Here. Uh, All right, cool. Cool. Not cool, the cool, first cool. time. <laughs> Uh, well, dude, thank you so much for carving out some time. Um, we got a soft spot in our hearts for fighters who had to create their own path, man. We both had to do it. Uh, and it's every journey's different. Every time we do the two minute drill, it's a little bit different. This one's memorable. Uh, and we appreciate you carving out some time for us, man. And, and, uh, and also just, this is super inspirational, right? You don't have to be playing football to see this and be like, man, 
I think I can do that thing I thought about doing. Um, but you're right smack dab in the middle of it. Mm-hmm. And again, based off your breakdown of your play and based off of, I've, you know, I've watched every one of your snaps that broke you down uh, on game tape, you're going to play this game for a long time. And you're going to be uh, moving out of that one bedroom at some point. And uh, so we're fired up that mm-hmm. young Tyson Bajan, back when he was a rookie, became a roomie on the QB room. So we appreciate you joining us, man. We'll be big fans, and I'm sure we'll cross paths in the offseason. Yes, sir. I appreciate you guys having me on. It's a lot of fun. Seriously, awesome. thank you guys. Yeah, man. When you build when you build that big mansion in about 10 years, make sure to put a nice yeah, cold yeah. stream in the back. Negotiate <laughs> the water rights, right? We'll, grad- Don't but, get we'll graduate from the stream at that point. We'll graduate from it. Yeah, you can't forget your roots, though, man. Come on, dude. <laughs> I appreciate it, man. Hopefully we cross paths again, dude. Um, good luck the rest of the year. Stay ready, as always. You know how it is as backup quarterback now, man. Yes, sir. Just like that. All but right. Appreciate Thanks, you guys. Man.